さああったあったあった愛情がたねえかあんたねえかあんたよてめえよえらこんなところで何やってんだこの野郎博打が打ちてえならな職場代よこせ何言ってやがんでもともとここは俺たちの島じゃなんだとこの野郎はい。A, a video game movie at the beginning of that episode.、Um, but we are kind of back to normal. We are on schedule. We are <laughs> feeling ourselves. We're flossy. Yes.、Uh, you can't stop me. You cannot stop us.、Um, and yeah, it's, it's regular ass remake month. And we got a little confused.、Um, we thought that the, that the council had settled on a configuration, but、uh, didn't. Or we, we were just That's、wrong. right. At the end of the last episode, or at the beginning of the last episode, or something, we announced the order for Remake Month, and then、uh, we were informed that unfortunately、um, one of those movies was swapped out. So、uh, you all thought perhaps that you were here this week to talk about the 2005 film The Longest Yard, starring Adam Sandler.、Uh, but we are, in fact, here to talk about the 2003 film Zatoichi, Zatoichi. The Blind Swordsman. Yes. Um, um, but- starring. Well, Bryn, thanks for asking. You're welcome. As、uh, you and the, the listener at home are well aware from、uh, what I just said, we、uh, thought we were going to be watching the 2005 film The Longest Yard this week.、Um, and I was very excited to watch The Longest Yard. So this week I watched the 2005 sports comedy film The Longest Yard, <laughs>、yes. starring Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, James Cromwell, Nellie, William Fichter. Burt Reynolds and Joey Diaz. I completely forgot Nelly was in that. Yeah, Nelly's got a big role in this one. Now, the original was from 1974, starring Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds,、uh, yeah, which、uh-huh, I have, in the Adam Sandler role. Which I have never seen.、Uh, Me neither. Okay. Don't really care to.、Um, don't think it、uh, would mean 
that much to me, to be honest, because this doesn't really mean that much to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird thing for Adam Sandler to have tackled as mm-hmm. he doesn't look like a football player in any way. No, he doesn't. But I'll tell you what, um, I was does. reminded I was reminded a lot of what we talked about when we watched The Wedding Singer, which is how Adam Sandler in that movie really manages to transform himself into a sort of like heartthrobby, sexy, you know, sort of fun character that he normally isn't. Yeah. He's very charming in that movie. And in this, I'll tell you what, by the end of it, he is actually a pretty believable, you know, ex-football player, you know, scumbag character. Yeah. I agree. I've seen um, this movie. and uh... So... For folks at home, if you've never seen it before, the story of it is that Adam Sandler is a former NFL quarterback who uh, is banned from the NFL for match fixing, and um, he just kind of like becomes an alcoholic piece of shit. He uh, steals his girlfriend's car uh, and like goes joyriding drunk. He gets arrested, um, and uh, he goes to prison. And in the prison, the uh, the guards have a football team, and they play in sort of like a intra-prison, you know, guards football league. Uh, the warden of the prison wants him to help train the guards, and he's like, all right, well, you know, what you guys should do is play a tune-up game before the season starts, you know, get practice in and whatever. And he's like, great, why don't you make a team of prisoners, and we'll play against each other. And then from there, that whole premise is just dropped, and suddenly it becomes this, like, you know, uh, you know, it, it was sort of supposed to be this kind of, like, friendly little game to just practice, and then it becomes this, like, you know, uh, uh, I'm not th- sure the word I'm looking for here exactly, but it's, like, the most important game in the prison's <laughs> history, and, like, everybody is suddenly taking it very seriously. Yeah, They're, like, spying a, on each other. It's a like, type situation. It becomes, like, yeah. a real sports movie. Mm-hmm. And so they're like trying to get one over on each other and whatever. They like murder somebody to get him out of the game and stuff. It's crazy. Um, <coughs> but it's like a fun sort of ensemble comedy. Um, Adam Sandler interestingly takes a pretty big back seat in it. Um, even though he is the star and it is, you know, focused on him primarily, like you really get a lot more of the comedy from the supporting actors than you really um, yeah. would in other Adam Sandler movies. You get a lot of fun little side bit characters like Chris Rock is okay in this. He's doing Chris Rock stuff and whatever, and it's fine. But he's kind of more of like a heart character in this. He's more of a like, you know, you're supposed to be like really engaged and and interested in his friendship with Adam Sandler, which, you know, it works, but not great. Um, Nelly, for some reason, is like a like. Uh, like a, he's also a heart character, I guess. Um, he's like uh, he grew up poor and he never had shoes, and like, <laughs> he's a librarian and he's quiet and sweet, uh, but he also runs really fast, and that's oh, his yeah. big thing. So fast. But you get a lot of really great comedy out of like um, uh, Terry Crews in this uh, plays a character called Cheeseburger Eddie, and his gimmick in the prison is that he's the guy who can sneak McDonald's in. <laughs> And for some reason, like, always has McDonald's, and it's his whole personality, and, like, everything he says is about McDonald's. And (laughs) the first time it happens, you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. And then by the end of it, like, you're just, like, cracking up every time, because you're like, how is he going to work it into this one? Because you know it's just Terry Crews riffing. Yeah. You know it's just, like, they gave him McDonald's to stuff down his pants, and you're just like, go wild, dude. Just, like, say (laughs) something funny. (laughs) Terry Crews is underratedly funny. He's very underratedly funny. Yes, I agree with you. Um, and it's also funny that he doesn't play football for most of the movie, even though he is a former professional football player. He doesn't play. 
he's like he's a halfway through the movie he's like a ringer that they bring in oh yeah yeah it's been a long time um, i haven't seen this in a very long time and i mean what else we got we got a bunch of pro wrestlers in it bill goldberg is in the movie uh kevin nash is in the movie Mm -hmm. stone cold steve austin saying the n-word to nelly that's a pretty (laughs) crazy bit there (laughs) wow 2005 crazy time there's a there's a whole bit like steve austin is just like a major white supremacist he's a he's a prison guard and like everything he does in the movie is like you see him in the locker room playing air guitar along to Leonard Skinner. He's like, that's how a white man plays guitar. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like harassing Nelly in the, in the library and he just keeps calling him the N word to his face. He's like, does that bother you when I call you that? And Nelly's like, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) He's like playing it cool. So he doesn't get fucking murdered. (laughs) Jesus. It's dark. Yeah, so that's that's pretty wild. D twelve um, is in the movie. Yeah, D twelve are just backup guys. They're not really doing anything. Right, they're, but they're in it. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting that Terry Crews has been friends with Adam Sandler for this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I watched that I will never talk about on the show because there's not enough to say on on a plane was Blended, mm. um, which is the Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore uh, end of the trilogy uh, after Wedding right. Singer and Fifty uh, First Date, which uh, he is in. Uh, just shows up to dance and pretend to be African <laughs> and do an African voice and then like narrate the scene. Uh, and it is very, very funny. That movie uh-huh. uh, has about 30 minutes at the top that are unbearable. Uh, some of the least funny, like bad Adam Sandler stuff and then becomes kind of a cute romantic comedy once they get to Africa uh, and actually has some pretty big laughs. Um yeah. But uh, it's interesting that he, Chris Rock and him have been friends for, it seems like, their entire careers. Mm-hmm. Cruz kind of joins at some point, and they're friends. Uh, and I really and like there's a lot he of is like... He just keeps his homies around, yeah. always. Yeah, it's the best. He's in my he's, um, he's got, like, a lot of his classic guys are in this, like, in sort of little background character roles. And, like, like William, uh, William Fichtner is one of these guys who like you don't know him but he's oh, you in know what he looks like all of this stuff oh yeah you know um same thing with um what is this guy's name there's another the guy who's like always cross-eyed and shit um oh yeah um what is that guy's name i don't remember yeah i don't well, know fickner you probably know uh best for being gosh He's he's in the Dark Knight. He's in the Dark Knight. He's the guy in the bank uh, at the beginning, the first bank job, where he's like, you know who you're stealing from, yeah, right? Yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, classic character actor, but he's in all of these Happy Madison movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always like the, the some asshole. Who <laughs> yeah, gets some asshole. Up. He's got so many guys who are just some asshole in uh-huh. his movies. And for some reason, by the way, I don't know how I just like implanted this in my brain, and it is absolutely not true. But I've always thought of Walton Goggins as one of those guys, and he's not in any of these. No, Goggins is not a, a San- Goggins a is not guy. a Sandler guy. <laughs> but I really always have thought of him as one because he would be a great Sandler asshole, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, he'd I, be I, a perfect Sandler asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, Goggins should be, but isn't. He isn't, no. Um, and I was just kind of like, as I was watching it, I was like clicking through the Happy Madison filmography, and I'm like absolutely floored by this like early 2000s run that they were on with like, you've got Joe Dirt, which is like a classic. Everybody loves Joe Dirt. Do they? 
Yeah, dude, that had such a. It wasn't great in the theaters, but it had a huge second life on Comedy Central. Okay, and like everybody fucking loves that movie. I've never um, seen it. Should I watch it? Is it like good? It's pretty funny. Yeah, there's like some shit that's stupid, and it, but it's like a classic. Um, I mean, again, of this era of of Sandler works like it's a classic like heart comedy you know where it's like it's funny it's pretty funny but it has this like really strong like sentimental like undercurrent to it like like the wedding singer does like um eight crazy nights does you know these things all have (laughs) these sort of like like hoobie halloween does yeah exactly i mean that's it's something that he's really underrated for, I feel, yeah. where like and I think he he is an idiot and like his comedy <laughs> is like the lowest common denominator dumbest bullshit that there is, but his movies really do manage to have a pretty emotionally resonant little core to them. You know, they always do have yeah. like a good through line. He knows it's like the, that you've got to have something to like actually tie yourself to the characters. This is the thing yeah. about Blended is that like by the, the it's like so over the top and stupid that you can't mm-hmm. imagine ever caring about these people as real people. But then about 45 minutes into the movie, something happens and you like, it's so interesting because it's like he does this a lot where it's like the opening of that movie is he takes drew barrymore out on a blind date to hooters and the idea Mm -hmm. is like he's such a dumb idiot like jock he's just like going to hooters like halfway through the movie you found out that his wife worked at hooters and it's the only place he goes because his wife died and it like Mm. makes it really sad all of a sudden and you start like (laughs) putting everything into like this other perspective um And uh, yeah, he has this way of just like making the dumbest stuff kind of be weirdly emotionally resonant. And I think he gets a lot of people bag on him for being, you know, schlocky, like schmaltzy. Yeah. Uh, and it's like too over the top, you know, cloying. And I, yes, obviously. But I think that works for me. Like sometimes I think it like, works. I'm, I, I, I'm, you're going to get me if you make it cloying. <laughs> I kind of think of him as like, you know, when you get a shrimp from the store like a fresh shrimp i hate shrimp and you go okay well so you've never done this i'm sure but when you when you prepare a shrimp to cook you have to cut off the shell and then you have to like you gotta put a little (laughs) incision down its back brin and inside the back there's a vein that runs all the way from the head to the butt and that's full of the shrimp's poop are you and you have to take that vein out and it's all in there it's all in there it's all contained you just take the poop vein out and then it's clean right what the fuck? I, I kind of, I kind of think of Sandler's movies as like a reverse shrimp, where it's like mostly the poop vein, and there's this one little, like perfect little strip of shrimp meat that you've got to get. Out. It's covered in shit. It's covered in shit, but you know there is that like nice spine in there, surrounded by the shit. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and anyway, this is one of those kind of movies where, like, there is this sort of, like, resonant little core to it of, like, you know, him learning, you know, the humanity of all these prisoners and whatever. They don't really ever get into what everybody's crimes are. I'm sure they're all heinous and whatever, but, like... Who cares? You know, kind of, like, you know, standing up against these racist, abusive guards and blah, blah, blah. His friendship with Chris Rock kind of shines through. Um, There's a really sweet scene where they're, like, in cells next to each other, and Chris Rock shows him a picture of his mom, and he's just like, yeah, that's my girl. You know, you're going to come see her when we both get out of here, blah, blah, blah. You know, that sort of shit. It's all yeah. pretty good. He won- it's a decent enough movie. I'm glad a little bit that we didn't watch it for the show just because I'm not really sure that I had a half hour about <laughs> it. 
but who knows? I mean, you could have had 15. I could have had 15. Yeah. We could have made, made it work. But, um, Brynn, what did, what did you watch this week? What did I watch this week? Uh, I watched one of the movies I watched on the plane. Uh, was a movie that I hadn't seen yet uh, called Devil in a Blue Dress. Uh, mm. This is a movie from, hang on, 1995, directed by Carl Franklin, starring uh, Denzel Washington, Tom Sizemore, Don Cheadle, Jennifer Beals. Uh, nice, nice cast. Um, this is a noir movie um, starring Denzel, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an actor who I love and never disappoints. Uh, has no bad movies, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I haven't seen any of the Equalizer movies. Those look a little schlocky. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's everything he's in, he elevates. Um, yeah. So, Devil in a Blue Dress. Have you heard of this movie? And I know the name. I don't think I know anything about it, though. Devil in a Blue Dress was a novel. Um, a a nineties. Uh, Walter Mosley. Um, noir type novel sort of going mm-hmm. back to the sort of Dashiell Hammett type of things um and this is but it's but he's a black guy is the sort of twist i guess okay. uh the idea is he is a um he's a what do you call those um he's an ex military guy he was in the sure. army a veteran he's a veteran that's the word i'm trying to think of <laughs> uh his name is easy rollins and uh, he got a G- he was a GI Bill beneficiary in 1948 mm-hmm. after the world after World War II. And uh, he was able to get a mortgage and buy a house in Los Angeles in um, in a in a black neighborhood where everybody owns mm-hmm. houses and it's all nice. But um, he's he's have he's having trouble finding work. He uh, is behind on his mortgage payments and he needs to come up with some money. So his friend, um, his friend, a bartender, sets him up with this private investigator. He's like, this guy's got a job. And at first you don't even know he's a PI. He's just like, I got a job for you. And Easy's like, what's the work? And he's like, come see me tonight and I'll tell you. Um, mm-hmm. So he doesn't have much options. He's like, I'll, how about this? You got to find this girl for me. Uh, her name's Daphne. She's missing. Um, she likes to hang out with black people. She likes to hang out this jazz joint, this, uh, like a speakeasy bar. Uh, so I just want you to go find out where she's been. Uh, I'll give you a hundred bucks and I'll pay you right now. It's 1948. So that's a lot of money for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he decides to do that. And then he immediately becomes embroiled. Uh, <laughs> sure. it turns out that this woman is, um, caught up in, she's the girlfriend of a mayoral candidate. Um, and so there's all the, the stuff about the LAPD is deeply evil and wants to kill Easy, um, tries to set him up for a bunch of stuff. Uh, it, it would be a little bit much to actually tell you what the whole plot is because it's very complicated. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But oh, it's a noir, yeah. I it's mean, a noir. I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of little twists and turns, and um, this movie is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie. I, I kind of like was just like I always watch movies like this, like eighties, nineties, seventies movies that I just haven't seen and probably wouldn't throw on because you kind of have to pay attention and I want to take them seriously. Planes are great for me. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. an excuse to watch a movie. I have to sit down and watch this. Um, right. 
And this was definitely really wants you to pay attention to it. Um, it's beautifully directed by Carl Franklin. Um, it, the acting is out of control. It's so good. Don Cheadle shows up almost halfway through the movie um, playing this character who is um, just sort of a loose cannon. He got easy in trouble before the war, like when he was younger by like um, murdering a guy. <laughs> uh, he's just a guy who's like a criminal, but is also Easy's friend. So he's just like his kind of his like bodyguard. And he's mm-hmm. so good. Like he, his entrance into the movie is so funny and like exhilarating. Like I was like having to stop myself from like cheering on the play. <laughs> uh, I like forgot that Don Cheadle was in the movie. And then you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a fun, like little fight action sequence. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a really cool uh, movie that has a really interesting political perspective of like the way California was being developed. I mean, all of these noir movies are about how the way California is sort of like the end of American frontierism and, and imperialism. Um, mm-hmm. And this one kind of focuses on not only are they fucking over, you know, everybody, but specifically how black people are being fucked over by the LAPD and the real estate um, moguls um and how the sort of like dirt is already sort of coalescing in like the post war years where like the mayoral candidates are making deals with real estate moguls to develop stuff in all of these people. Um, really cool, really good movie. I, I, I it's, um, there's almost nothing bad about it except mm-hmm. that the ending I would say feels a little bit, it's not, quite it could have been more juicy you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like it could have been more uh pointedly um i guess had more people involved and the because it kind of ends up being about this other gang members who are doing these bad things for um well it teases you because one of the mayoral candidates who's actually really bad is like a pedophile Mm. um and uh go figure go figure there's a little bit of like uh you know weird elite pedophilia in it but it like (coughs) it's just this one guy and it kind of doesn't tie that to as much stuff and so that's what i mean about being a little less juicy than it could have been i think it could have like really piled on all of the things that it was trying to say making it into like what how all of this system kind of functions Mm -hmm. but easy doesn't really care about that (laughs) he's just like trying to pay his mortgage and so right. you don't find out everything about it. But the romance stuff is really good. The Jennifer Beals is Daphne is, is fantastic. Um, yeah, this movie really worked for me. Um, it was, it was kind of surprising. I hadn't seen a movie, you know, those movies where you're just like, I want more of these sorts of like straight ahead action thrillers yeah. that are like, they may were making in the nineties. And like, I always think of like the fugitive, um, stuff like that. It kind of felt like that where just like every scene was a lot of fun. Um, really good. So nice. I recommend it. Definitely. I'm definitely going to check that. I love a fucking noir movie and I love Denzel. I mean, and I love like fucking just like nineties movies, man. (laughs) They were just hitting different back then. It's really kind of like the right, it's right at the, um, 
It's uh, what do you call those graphs where it's like it, they're going into oh, div- yeah. it's a diverging whatever thing where they're like just at the right ramping up of like production quality and at the ramping down of like plot intricacy mm-hmm. where like a lot of those 90s movies are just hitting this really nice little middle brow sweet <laughs> spot that like just make them really good times that you can just watch and be like all right that was fun that's a fun movie I don't think I'm going to take a ton away from it but it was a good time <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's like, I think that this movie is a little, um, it's a little elevated for me for the kind of nods it makes towards like historical, uh, um, racial injustice and, 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 um, corporate and political espionage and corruption. Uh, mm-hmm. but it is just, it's a fun movie. Like it's, it, it's not trying to be this Oliver Stone, you know, explaining to you like the details it's sort of just like, yeah, all these white people are fucking evil and yeah. we're going to kill them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of fun for that reason. And I think that if you tried to make a movie this way, I hate when people say this movie could never get made this way, but it would mm-hmm. it would have to be like an A24 movie. You know what right. I mean? Like it would have to be really stylized. Oh, sure. Well, who else is making a noir in this day and age? You know, it's like the it, unless you're doing, you know, the mystery on the Nile, you know, like yeah. you're not getting one of these. Well, yeah, no, there's there's else. glass onion, but there's you know, there's those are sort of mis- sort of different. Those are like Sherlocky movies. Um, yeah, well, the glass onions are like they're nodding at noir, but they're, you know, like a little different. Yeah. And the, even them are like, you know, they're not a 24, but. We all know they're There's this certain sort of vibe that you have to have where it's like, we're artsy now. And this is mm-hmm. like, this is the, th- this was the, the, um, the kind of fair that you'd go see as an adult mm-hmm. in the paper. You know, you'd open up the newspaper and be like, what's playing? And you'd see Denzel Washington with his cute mustache and be like, I'm going to go see this. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, his cute mustache. <laughs> and then, and then you'd just go and it'd be fucking sick. Uh, Mm-hmm. And and I just feel like it's unfortunate we don't have like a pipeline for that anymore, um, where you'd have to really fight and find a, a really. Well, interesting... We don't even have actors like this anymore. You That's know, like true there too. isn't a guy like Denzel who like who only does like good stuff, but he also really only does stuff where he's going to be taken seriously. You know, like yeah. Denzel doesn't really have a lot of roles. I don't think, at least, where like he's fun. You know, there's not a lot of like fun Denzel movies. <laughs> fun Denzel movies. Damn, that's very true. I'm trying to think. What even? Because he's always doing really intense movies. Mm-hmm. He's kind of fun in Mo Better Blues as the jazz player, but I mean, it's but he's he's serious. Um, yeah. God. Oh, Preacher's Wife. Have you ever seen that? Where he's no. a, he's an angel. He it's a. It's a Penny Marshall movie um, with Whitney Houston. And uh, there's like this annoying preacher who's uh, like really buttoned up and, and and serious. And Denzel comes down to earth as an angel to make him loosen up. Uh, that's a fun one. But that's... Yeah, you know, Preacher's Wife. And it says uh, Carbon Copy is another one, I guess, that is a, a comedy. Oh, uh, but that's like... That's, that's first early movie. Denzel. That's, yeah, that's before he's being taken seriously. Yeah. Um, it is funny that his like first credited role, he's like a main character. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was just un. He, I mean, he's a once in a lifetime kind of actor. Like he's just, yeah. 
There's not a lot of Denzels. There, there's only one Denzel. Um, there's never been a lot of Denzels, I guess, and, and, really. And that for that reason, I every time I have the opportunity to watch a Denzel movie that I haven't seen, I watch it. Although I guess maybe like Lawrence Fishburne is a little bit of a Denzel also, right? I feel like he just isn't given the chance. Like mm-hmm. Den- Lawrence Fishburne is great, uh, but he doesn't... Either he's not as good at picking... Um, or he's just not as good at acting and, and, you know, he just doesn't get far enough into stuff. But he's a similar guy where it's like, I don't think he's got a lot of, like, unserious roles either. That's true. I don't even know what he's in after... What is he in after Matrix? Don't say the, don't say the Matrix. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't think of his movies. He's in the John Wick movies. Oh, besides that. I mean, those are basically just... Oh, it looks like he's a Marvel guy now. That sucks. No, Larry, come on. That's a shame. Oh, he's in Boys in the Hood. <coughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Higher Learning, seen that. Um, yeah, he, he kind of, I think, doesn't have the... He doesn't have the choosing. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have the the creating his idea of who he is as an actor. He is good, though. I don't know if I'd put him up there with Denzel, though. And maybe it's just no. because he hasn't had the chance. No, but. not in terms of quality, but I mean in terms of like his position in, in show business, I guess, as a guy who you get for a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not somebody that you would get for a comedy, necessarily. No. But he is doing... He's in Ant-Man and the Wasp as Dr. Bill Foster. No, thank you. No, thank Boo. you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Denzel is doing Equalizer, but, like, other than that, like... I haven't seen them. Maybe they're sick. I don't know. But besides Maybe. that, like he's still doing amazing shit. He, <laughs> he did the tragedy of Macbeth, the Coen Brothers movie, which was amazing. <coughs> Roman J. Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed Fences, uh, which was beautiful. What a great movie. Um, cool guy. Cool guy. Denzel Washington, greatest actor of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the true goat. The the real goat. Uh, that's uh, Anyway, Devil in Bridge Dress, if you like Denzel, if you like Noir, absolutely recommended great time with the movies uh let's get on to our feature presentation uh which is the dark council's pick for week two of remake month called azadoichi a 2003 movie by takeshi katano also known as beat takeshi um Mm -hmm. and released in the u.s as the blind swordsman colon zadoichi interesting i did not know that um this so what do you know about Zadoichi? Are you a Zadoichi fan? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know nothing about Zadoichi at all. Um, I didn't know until maybe like 20 minutes into the movie or so when I kind of got bored and, and went on Wikipedia that like, I guess Zadoichi is like kind of like a Japanese like Poro type of character. That's right. Where like he's, he's, he's like a beloved you know, a uh, cultural icon character mm-hmm. who is in a million things. They may, he's the longest running uh, film franchise in Japanese history is Zadoichi. That's right. Did not know all that. Uh, <laughs> I assumed when this started that it was just a remake of an old movie. Um, no, it's a remake of all of them, which is, mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't know, probably 20 movies, 16 movies, mm-hmm. 26 is what it is. Um, yeah, there was some books about him in the early, like, 1948 is when he first appears. Um, 
uh, he is, there was a television show in the seventies. Um, and there's a ton of them. There's a, t- uh, in, in, in 1962, three directors basically like took turns making a movie about Zatoichi a year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Yasuda, um, Katsumori and, uh, Kenji Musume, like they just, all of them directed like a couple of these <laughs> a mm-hmm. year, like so all through the sixties. Um, Criterion Collection put out a huge box set of I think ten or fifteen of mm-hmm. each of them, which I rented from the library and watched quite a few of them when I was in high school because um, mm-hmm. I liked the Samurais um, and I knew Zodoichi was like one of the ones I was supposed to watch. He's the guy. He's the guy. Um, so I have seen quite a few of these. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them feel like sixties samurai schlock. Um, sure. Especially the later ones. Um, and I, I gotta tell you all of them kind of run together for me. I saw them in high school, but I do know basically what Zatoichi is. He's a guy, he's blind, he's a swordsman. Yeah, it's I mean, not that well, complicated. <laughs> based based on the based on the opening line of the plot summary on Wikipedia, which is the film's plot follows a traditional theme with Zatoichi coming to the defense of town people caught up in a local yakuza gang war. Um, that that alone made me think like, okay, I'm sure if I were to watch this series, it's going to be like, you know what it is? It's like Bond. It's that sort of thing where it's like once you watch enough Bond movies, you're like, okay, I get it. It's the exactly villain is the like thing that. I'm supposed to remember. Mm-hmm. Like, but really overall it's going to be about the same thing yeah he's going to close his eyes and he's going to be really good at sorting and he's going to kill everybody and that's about it and that's that's fun so (laughs) zadoichi is a blind old man who's really good with swords he's also a masseur yeah um, which is not really clear why that's part of this, but I guess it's a big part of his character. It doesn't really come up very much in the movie, except when people are describing him. Yeah, I think at the, I think in the, in this Edo time, it's like the eighteen forties, I think. Um, I guess, yeah. It's it's the Edo era. I think that was sort of like being a traveling doctor. He's like a little mm-hmm. bit of a like he's just an old man who comes to towns and like his 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 cover is that he's good at helping your back feel better. Like mm-hmm. he's just a it's just a traveling doctor kind of guy. Um, in that really doesn't play that much into any of the movies in my recollection. Um, no, it really feels like it's one of those things that like, it's just part of his character. And yeah. so if you don't put it in, then you know, people whoever, would be mad. Whoever the diehard Zatoichi <laughs> the, types the are going to be like, Zatoichi. <laughs> yeah, those weebs are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? He doesn't massage a single back in this. <laughs> <laughs> not not my Zatoichi. Not my Zatoichi. <laughs> Hashtag canceled. Um, yeah, no. So he comes. So basically in this movie. Oh, wait. So this is a remake of a very important. And, and you know, it's hard. To, we don't. We're not Japanese. We didn't grow up with this. You know. Boy, did I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> the how not Japanese you were. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But this was. I, I don't know. It's the forties, right? So it's like how how important is it? Is it I think my perception is that it's kind of more like Bond or um 
Clint Eastwood's stranger or whatever that guy's fake or he doesn't have a name right he's yeah he's whatever. the nameless guy I think it's kind of like that where it's like a thing dads like it mm-hmm. it's a it's a cultural touchstone it's not like it's not Kubrick or something like this is a, this is sort of no low no, brow, no no you know no, what no, I mean no. yeah nobody's nobody's looking at Zatoichi as like you know um as like a like a literarily significant you know character or anything like that it seems very clear yes this is dad shit yeah this is dad shit um so but what's interesting is uh this is a remake uh quite a few years after there's been any zatoichi this is 2003 um and they get uh b takeshi to do it now b takeshi um do you remember most extreme elimination yeah uh-huh. uh that's his show Huh. Although he, it was, that's the dubbed version was not his show. Like, sure, making sure, jokes sure. Yeah. But Takeshi's Castle is what the real show was called. And he okay. is like mega famous in Japan. He's like, he has TV shows, he has video games, he mm-hmm. has everything. He's B. Takeshi. He's like the guy. He's, I can't, I can't even think of, a, of, a, of an American celebrity that would be this kind of guy where it's just like, by dint of him being the guy he is, he can do whatever he wants. Um, and so he's really well known as like a really good director. Like he has mm-hmm. really beautiful movies. Uh, Kikujiro is this like beautiful movie about. Oh, and he directed a, this. He directed it and he's in it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He, he directed Dolls. Um, I, if uh, it's hard, he's sort of a gang. He's sort of like if Scorsese was also funny. And like okay. as a person was because he, he has a lot of gangster movies like Yakuza movies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of his bigger movies is called Kikujiro, which is about like a, a Yakuza guy who like kind of goes straights and raises this little kid. And it's like kind of cute, uh, heartwarming movie. Um, but yeah, he has a lot of he's just a really big deal. And so. Mm-hmm. For him to remake Zatoichi, he said about this movie that this was the first time he was like, I'm making something for other people. Like, they gave me a lot of money <laughs> to make this movie. I'm just going to make a straight ahead Zatoichi movie. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't have a ton of his, like, a ton of his touchstones, like his, like, really out there directorial style. But it yeah. is really nice looking. Um, he's clearly... a you know he has a great eye and uh it's a pretty straightforward movie though it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of paint by numbers um (laughs) he comes into the city or this little town this very small town to uh he befriends a a lady who's a farmer and uh her nephew uh shinkichi um who's like a chronic gambler and a dumbass he's the sort of like uh comic relief um Mm -hmm. Ichi is the masseuse and he uh, is really good at telling what the dice are going to be, odds or evens. And so Shinkichi uh, asks him to help him gamble and they try to do that stuff. That sort of like leads them to finding out that the Yakuza, these like gang members have like taken over this town and are sort of fucking up everything for everybody. Um, And he gets in trouble with them by being good at the dice Mm-hmm. Um, and then he cuts off the guy's hand. <laughs> uh, and then, so they're basically also, there's these two geishas 
who are two sisters who were like fucked over. They killed their the the um the gang the members killed their parents when they were kids, and so they're seeking revenge on the yakuza and killing them kind of like one at a time. Um, then there's like this bar that he hangs out at with these old guys who are just kind of like fun, charming characters and whatever. And that's kind of like a central location for a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie. And then there's um, this Ronin guy, um, you know, a masterless samurai. Yeah, who, who they just uh, call the bodyguard. The bodyguard. Um, he rolls into town. He's got a sick sister um, and he's trying to like make money to support her, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he has this really cool, badass little intro where he's like he like cuts a guy's glass in half or something like that and he's like tell your boss masterless samurai looks for work (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so the the they hire him to protect themselves um from the people who are turning up dead turns out the geishas Mm -hmm. are doing it um but uh after they um after he gets fucked up in the in the uh the gambling room um, they basically have to perform all at war. He hooks up with the geishas and they kind of have a plan to fight the Yakuza and get them out of their small town. Yep. And the geishas uh, want to kill them because they killed their parents. And so then you just get the next half of the movie is them doing that, uh, doing mm-hmm. a lot of fighting, uh, training to be fighters. Uh, Shinkichi is an idiot who gets hit on the head a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, and... Um, yeah, they they do a big raid on the Yakuza house. Uh, the geishas try to go there and do it, but uh, they get outnumbered, and then uh, Ichi shows up and kills all of them. Um, this movie is very punctuated with um, a lot of swordplay, um, mm-hmm. and then there's sort of long stretches where there isn't, and those are not as fun. Uh, those are not as fun. <laughs> and I'll say this. Um, so so w- this is basically the story of the movie. So we can just kind of get into talking about the movie sure. just kind of overall. But like, yes, you're right. The parts that sword fights aren't happening are not as fun. They do look really nice. They look um, really nice. There's a lot of really nice vibes. There's a lot of fun with like uh, like music. Um, there's a lot of fun of like seeing like a farm field and guys like hitting it with the back hose and like you know, the the sound of that is playing the beat of the song that's playing. That stuff's fun, you know, whatever. There's a lot of good, you know, Japanese, you know, rural life vibes and sure. whatever. And then we'll get punctuated by these fight sequences, which I'm just going to say this right now, folks, if you ever, ever make me watch this much early 2000s CG violence again, <laughs> I will fucking disband the Dark Council. I will... <laughs> <laughs> I will kick you all out. I will never watch something like this again. I fucking swear to God. The 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 effects in this movie, I mean, listen, I'm I am never one to be like the fucking special effects just suck or they're really good as as a means of like criticizing a movie. This is unacceptable. <laughs> this was an unacceptable yeah, level <laughs> of 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 visual problems i mean so uh, one of the first things you see you know zatoichi like fighting a couple of guys in like a little roadway or whatever you know you see the blood the blood looks like shit but whatever i mean it's like you know cg blood splattering everywhere that's annoying what's really annoying though is when the fucking sword goes through the guy's back and then you see it move independently of his body like it's clipping like in a video game yeah. 
I mean, it looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a damn shame because uh, a lot of the fighting is really good. Like, mm-hmm. if you took out the CGI blood was bothersome for a long time. Basically, towards the end of the movie, I started getting used to it and just being like, you can kind of just like ignore the CGI blood splatters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, whatever. It's not the worst thing. But you're right. Whenever they do anything that like requires anything other than the blood to be CG, it is so distracting. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, definitely don't like that. <laughs> It starts to look like fucking, you know, uh, Shaolin soccer. It starts to look like Kung yeah. Pao Enter the Fist. Uh-huh. You know, it starts to look like just bad, bad CG that is just too fucking noticeable all the time. You know, uh, I, I and, and you're right. The blood, you do kind of eventually forget about it. But at the same time, I'm like, this movie would have been just as effective and it would have worked just as well if you just didn't put blood at all you know if you just did it like an old samurai movie and it's just whatever you know like the sword sticks through him and it's like very clearly like wedged in his arm fine i'll take that (laughs) you know i'm happy to take that this would have been a decent movie if you did that yeah Uh, and you know takeshi is he's a guy who is always kind of on the cutting edge and trying different stuff and he's a very you know uh he's an iconoclast and experimental guy. So it it makes Mm -hmm. sense that he would like try this new stuff. It does not work. Um, It doesn't work. It's bad. It's, it's, it's hard to look at this knowing that this is the same year as kill bill. You know, this is the same year as kill bill. And obviously kill bill has a much bigger budget than this. That's no question. However, there is no way you can convince me that the budget of kill bill is spent on the blood effects. There's no (laughs) way that that's the case. So what the fuck are we doing here? Like you could have done spray blood. You could have done fake blood. Like it would have been probably more cost effective than doing all this computer bullshit. Yeah, every time every time it happened, I was wishing that it was just like spurts of little like blood, like in kill bill. Um, and it's funny because there's like there's uh, there's a shot. Um, there's a lot of great shots in this movie, but there uh, is one where there's a ton of blood, CGI blood, and then it there's like a over the head uh, like a bird's eye view of it, and mm-hmm. then it's like real blood stains in the grass and stuff, and like uh, Ichi is just standing there with the sword and stuff. Incredible shot, looks great, mm-hmm. real blood. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they had real blood on set. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't using it or yeah. or they're enhancing it later or something. Uh, yeah. And that's, I will say, it's a shame. It's definitely a shame because it, the fighting is really creative and good. Uh, he's really good as the blind swordsman. Um, I love, it, there's a certain level of this kind of, I think one of the things people like about Zatoichi is that it's, um, uh something i've come to call uh competence porn mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh where it's just like someone who's incredibly good like supernaturally good at something uh yeah. like there's never a moment in this movie where you're like oh i don't know if ichi can take this guy i don't know if he's <laughs> gonna make it yeah even even when he's about to go face off with the bodyguard yeah. and he's like talking to the to the dumbass and he's like he's like i don't know ichi he's so strong and he's like do you think he'd be as strong as me in the dark and he's like well, maybe in the dark you'd win. And you're like, shut up. Even <laughs> if it was the day, he's going to win. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so he, he kills all of the people. And then he goes to kill the bodyguard on the beach. 
Um, this was a big. This is a big issue for me too. See, I actually I mean, liked this. <laughs> I, I so the way they handle this is instead of having a big sword fight, uh, you, you, you've been seeing so many sword fights throughout the whole thing. They have this thing where they both put their hands on the swords, and then you see like the flash forwards of the outcomes, and mm-hmm. then they like are changing their hands, flashing forward what would happen. And the first one, bodyguard wins. And he like kills Ichi and then it cuts to him like changing his hand and then they do a quick like and then like Ichi gets hit but he does win and kills the bodyguard. I thought that was kind of clever and fun. It's a clever idea. It would be a much more clever idea if there were two heavies because I feel like one of the things that's a problem with competency porn for me is that like all of these sword fights, yes, it is heavy in sword fights. Yes, we have seen a lot of sword fights but all you've really seen is Ichi just absolutely obliterating huge groups of guys with very little issue no i wanted to see him i wanted to see a couple of fucking you know i wanted to see the swords clang a few times for god's sake you know i want to (laughs) see maybe he takes a maybe takes a hit and he's got a little limitation or something and he's got to like make his way through the rest of the fight like that yeah give me something to chew on here i want to see a little bit of a challenge for our boy you know (laughs) i think that's that's fine i mean that's definitely true like uh it could have been a, a a very different sequence. I liked that it wasn't what I was expecting, and mm-hmm. it kind of feels like um, it kind of feels like a subversion of of other samurai movies where mm-hmm. that would happen. Um, and it's like, oh, it's a more intellectual thing. I like the I like it in in concept. I think it could have been a little longer, at mm-hmm. least. Uh, you know, would have been a great compromise is if they do the one where he loses and then they do another one where you get the whole sword fight and then it flashes back and then he changes his hand and then you see the last one. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, that would have been, that would have been good. But yeah, show us a few outcomes. Give us just a little bit more. This fucking Ronin has been in the movie so much and you've got, you've grown to know so much about him, so much more about him than Ichi, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know a lot about this guy. You get a lot of his character, his backstory and, then and- his little fucking his his little moment to shine. He just gets fucking cut down like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder I wonder if there's like rules with Zatoichi, like people are expecting a certain type of thing, and like mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. Uh, this a- is a thing with me too in this movie that I mean. So I was watching it last night, and Mo comes in and she's like, "How's the movie going?" I'm like, "It's very Japanese. It's very it, there. Japanese. There is a real cultural barrier here. Where like I'm watching all these betting scenes, and I'm like, I don't understand how this game works. <laughs> like I don't understand what is happening with this. There's so much stuff in here that there's just like a real cultural barrier that I'm just clearly after doing an anime podcast for as long as I did, you still know. <laughs> don't understand Japanese culture nearly enough to fucking understand this. One of the things that was the most confusing to me was the spear guy running around the house. Yeah, what was his... He's- and it was interesting because that reminded me of the... Uh, there's guys like that in Zelda, like with mm-hmm. the flag on the back and they're wearing just a diaper or whatever. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, I know that iconography... But I have no fucking idea what that's supposed to mean. Why is he running around yelling? Mm-hmm. And then, like, what's the joke? Um, it's it's just so something I have no cultural touchstone for. Uh, so there's definitely stuff like that in this movie. Also, the geishas. Um, the the two geishas are... One is a... Well, I guess they're brother and sister. 
and mm-hmm. at some point um the brother um I think initially as a form of self-preservation starts posing as a woman, but then eventually just lives as a woman. Because even at the end when everything's fine and they don't have to hide anymore, the brother is still like, I like it this way. I'm going to stay this way. Yeah, Shinkichi is like, oh, now you can live as a man. And and the the geisha is like, ah, no, I think this is fine. (laughs) This is chill, actually. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. It doesn't use it as a joke, really. It's sort Mm -hmm. of just like a thing that is uh something in this movie where one of the geishas is uh, yeah i don't know how to talk about it because it's 2003 and it's Jap- japan i don't know if it's yeah, like a there's really no there's no way to even begin to parse that yeah um and then so after the big fight with the ronin you kind of think that that's going to be the end of it but then there's like one more little sneaky little ending thing right, where they're then like there's bosses yeah, by the way, there's, well, he's killed two of the bosses. There's one boss left, and they're like, who's the last boss? We don't even know who that is. And they're like, well, he's probably old and dying or whatever. And then you get this little sequence where Zedoichi's like going back to the bar that he's been chilling at, and he's like, I could tell it was you because you fucking stink. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I could tell that you're not blind. And then Zedoichi, for the first time in the movie, opens his eyes, and they are cg eyes <laughs> he has eyes that are cg'd onto his fucking head is that true yes they glow they glow white <laughs> they're like insanely bright <coughs> yeah <clears throat> and this is supposed to be like a big plot twist where he's like surprise i actually was never blind to begin with you fucking idiots <laughs> i just pretend to be blind because blind people are cool and i want to look cool and then he kills that guy and then surprise another plot twist that wasn't the boss either it was his older older dad who was the boss and he goes in there and he kill he doesn't kill that guy he cuts his eyes out yeah and then the last thing you see is a freeze frame of his face where he says, even with my eyes open, I can't see. <laughs> yeah, because he's blind. Because he's blind. Yeah. And it's supposed to be this like double reverse thing where he's supposed to be like, ooh, he faked him out a second time. Surprise, he has eyes. Blind people have eyes. They just don't work. <laughs> yeah, and they're clearly all like, because I'm looking at a, at a still image of uh, him with his eyes open uh, now, and he's clearly got contacts in. They're not... I don't think there's they're not CGI in this shot. Um there uh, I'm looking at that stupid Twitter account one perfect shot which mm. is uh, of of uh Ichi uh in the very no, last No dude, shot. these are definitely fucking these are definitely CG'd onto his skull. There's no way these are these are contacts. This sequence where they're like highlighted. Yeah. I'm looking at yeah, another it picture. Like, um, it looks like fucking Roger Rabbit, you know? <laughs> it looks like when Christopher Lloyd gets the crazy cartoon eyes. <laughs> uh, open. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're moving. Yeah, it's like he was wearing white contacts, and then they, like, didn't show up as well, and they, like, made him brighter, I think. Um, yeah. But they're definitely, like, a little a little floaty. A little ridiculous. A little floaty. I, it would have worked it would have worked just as well to just have him look at the camera with the, cause like at the, the last shot, it's clearly not CGI. Um, he's just got contacts in. So weird stuff happening in this 2003 movie. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so then he goes and he, he confronts the boss and then the other boss 
and kills them. And then we get the RRR ending of uh, a yeah, big tap dancing sequence. I was very surprised by this, by the way, that uh, the reviews on Letterboxd are, are very anti-tap dancing bit. Uh, I think it's the best part of the movie by far. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's the only real thing that happens in the movie. It's the only thing that you see that someone's actually fucking doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Because it's not CGI. Because it's not CGI. No. I like it a lot. I think it's a very fun little bit. It really saved the movie for me in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, they they have a big <clears throat> fun tap dancing sequence. And, yeah. uh, and they all celebrate because the Yakuza is dead. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I don't know. Um, this is an interesting movie. It's very good looking. I have a very special place in my heart for samurai movies in general. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the... I, it's one of the few things I think that um, I really don't mind like a formula. Like I'm really allergic to James Bond. I don't like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like the Kurosawa samurai movies like they kind of are basically just good, bad and the ugly movies, you know, that's a magnificent, mm-hmm. it's the magnificent seven stuff like that. And for whatever reason, I just really like samurai stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Tarantino has had so much success mashing up samurai and Western. It's because they're basically the same it's thing. It's the same shit. Um, um, but I really like samurai. I really loved ghost of Tsushima, the game. And I don't like red dead redemption. Like I literally <laughs> like, as I was finishing this movie, I was like Googling ghost of Tsushima steam. I was like, can I, can I get this? Can I play it? I can't do that game is, it's not so on PC sick. yet. I have, I really want to play it. I don't have dumped. a, I don't have a system to play it on. Oh, that's a damn shit. I thought you had a good computer. I have a good computer, but they don't make it for PC. Oh, yet. it's not PC. <sighs> Supposedly they're going to do it next year good you should play it it's great we'll see um but my point is is that the fact that this movie looks so good in so many places i like b takeshi he does a really mm-hmm. great job as ichi um it's yeah, paint by numbers say, but it's not bad to me i enjoyed this movie quite a bit i think in the beginning it kind of took me out of it a little bit how like lumbering and slow he is but I think by the end, I started to really enjoy it because it has this like sinister, like Darth Vader quality to it. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's just like kind this of like unstoppable machine of just like. Yeah, he's like slowly just like skulking his way around, just about to destroy everybody. It's like if Michael Myers was the hero. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's just like, oh, we can't wait for him to go kill that Jamie Lee Curtis. Like yeah. he's just like slumbering over, not running. He never like does anything, just, just very almost off camera like quick like and now my sword's through your skull uh mm-hmm. i think it's sick i get why it's cool i get why people like it um yeah i i think it's kind of fun uh, it, it's it's there's enough stuff in it that is like i don't care about the geishas i don't care yeah, about i don't their really stuff. give a shit about them you know there's not enough fun stuff and whenever we get whenever whenever ichi is not on screen you're gonna be asking where is ichi (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and so i i you know i don't think it's a perfect movie by any means but as a as an entry point besides the really bad cgi i think it's a pretty good because i think it's hard to ask younger people who aren't already trying to be a movie snob to watch a two and a half hour long black and white japanese movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's hard to be like watch your jimbo 
uh, <laughs> and expect anybody but, you know, movie snobs to want to try and like it. You got to really right. put yourself in it. I think this is a little slow. Um, it's not, you know, Zhang Yimou has been making beautiful, engaging uh, samurai movies like um, like Shadow and uh, House of Flying Daggers and stuff. And you could go that route. Um, but if you want to watch something more classic, I think this is a good entry point. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'd recommend it to somebody who wanted to watch something like this. Um, it's not incredible. Yeah. I thought I it think was fine. I feel pretty lackluster on it. I think, um, I think it's fun. I think it looks good. I think there's a lot of fun to be had in it, but I also think like the negatives of the, the negatives of the visuals of the action are pretty, pretty heavy against this. And I think that the stuff that's outside of the action is kind of boring enough that this takes it just below a not recommend for me. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, it's it's definitely not something I would fight for or I I, I think I am the target audience for this. And I mm-hmm. and I and even then it was only okay. Like I, I think it's um it's a it's a movie that feels its age and I think will yeah. only age worse as the time as time moves on. Uh we're ending yeah. we're ending the era we're about to move into an era where I don't think I could recommend it. Like, but for me, I could pretty much squint my eyes and just enjoy the, the actions where it was the, I was really, uh, charmed by Shinkichi. Um, Mm -hmm. that's something not everyone is going to like either. But like I said, if you're liking a samurai movie, I think it's funny enough. Like I, I, I liked when he's practicing and they start hitting him on the head when they get out of sync yeah, that's pretty fun. Uh, I like all of his little co- comic relief stuff. That worked for me. So, yeah, I think if you're, I think if you're a somewhere between sixty and seventy year old Japanese man, you're I would gonna, highly you're recommend love this movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's very unfortunately, I think it's middling. I think it's one of the worst B Takeshi movies I've ever seen, um, mm-hmm. which. You know, like I said, he's a really good director and has done really beautiful movies. So I think it's sort of middling. It feels like a sort of um, a movie he made to cash in on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is he's talented enough that it that it kept me engaged and I was interested in it. So I wish this wasn't the first Beat Takeshi movie we did. Um, unfortunately, sorry, Homogenic. I believe this was maybe your choice. Um, mm. I think he's probably a person who has seen other ones. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that he has much better movies. Um, so that's where we fall on it. I, th- yep. I, I give it a light recommend. You give it a light not recommend. <coughs> and that's totally where I think it should fall. Yep. Cool. All right. That is uh, Zatoichi. And that's the episode. Thanks so much, for everybody, for listening. This has been Generation Loss. If you'd like to hear more of our show, if you'd like to participate in all of the voting and fun uh, planning the show out for us. That's assuming that our council continues to exist. Uh, which, it, if you make me watch another movie like this, I swear <laughs> to fucking god, I will just, dis- I will disband it. New rule, everybody. Bill Maher's new rule is uh, no early two thousands uh, CGI. I yeah. think is what we're saying uh, because Jeremy is allergic to it. Do not make us watch Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> so we will 
throw the towel in on this thing. Um, but if you'd like to join the Sopranos tier or the Dark Council, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and join at those tiers to get in on the voting, which will have been happening this weekend. Uh, I think you're probably too late for this round. Uh, maybe I'll keep it up till Monday. Who knows? Um, but go check it out. Uh, you can get those things there. You can hang out with, in the, with us in the Discord. You can follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod and follow us individually from there. Uh, listen to my new song that is just releasing, I think, in two days uh, after you're hearing this. Um, so go pre-save that because there's a pre-save link. We've never done that before. Uh, uh-huh. Stay Inside uh, is the, the band. Uh, and until next time, that's, that's movies. movies. Are you?